Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day. If you would like to support God TV Radio, you can do a one-time donation through PayPal, or you can buy us a gift off of Amazon wish list, or you can buy one of my books. Afterlife Simulation is the newest installment of my novels and written works, or you could buy some of our music and art. Also, I sell merchandise such as t-shirts, mugs, towels, clothes, apparel, anything that your heart desires. God bless. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen. I hope you're all having a wonderful day out there. Today, we're going to talk about abuse done by the parents who happen to be Christian or atheist. The abuse that, unfortunately, a lot of children have to suffer due to people's ideology or their worldview or their thoughts. Madeline O'Hare, she was an atheist woman who had had quite a few different children, and she was the one who removed religion and prayer out of school. She was considered the most hated woman in the world at the time, whenever she existed. One of her children ended up getting heavily into Christianity. This boy would go on to um, praying and hanging out with communities of Christians, and he would pretty much do his own thing, as where his mother was constantly on TV, social media, forums, uh, everything that you could possibly think of, uh, insulting and attacking the very concept of God. Whenever she interacted with her son, she would say that he was useless, that he was worthless, that he was an idiot, that she wished that she never even gave birth to him, that any person that believes in God must be stupid, they must be dumb, pathetic, pretty much every word that she could use to belittle him and make him feel like crap for believing in God and wanting to hang out in the Christian community. Well, as most of you probably know her history, her story, she was running an atheist organization, and she would only be willing to hire um, other atheists, sometimes agnostics. She, of course, did not want to hire any Christians, and to be fair, a lot of Christians are not really interested in working for a godless atheist organization in the first place, unless they're hard on their luck, and they're having a tough time trying to find work elsewhere. But uh, even if you did, even if you were tempted to actually work for a lady like this, she would have made you suffer for it every minute of the day. Well, what ended up happening to her was, after all the abuse that she'd done to her son, one day she disowned him and she threw him out of the home. She said, as long as you're going to believe in God, as long as you're going to believe in Christianity, then you're not a son of mine, get your ass out. So she threw him out. And within a couple of weeks of her disowning and disavowing her son, an atheist who worked for her in her treasury department ended up taking her and the family members who listened to her and obeyed her wishes whenever it came to atheism were taken out to a ranch and they were chopped to pieces after being tortured for several days and then they were buried their parts all over the land. 
took a little while before the cops and the investigators found parts of her body. Still to this day, they don't know if they found her complete remnants. For whatever reason, this atheist wanted to scatter her bones all over the um, area. Made it very difficult for people to be able to find her and the rest of the family members who didn't do nothing whenever this boy was being abused. So her son's name was William Murray. And he ended up going on and becoming a preacher as he got older. And ever since then, he's felt this guilt or this desire to atone for the sins of his mother. He's wanted to save people. He's wanted to help people. He's what you call a a soul warrior. He's out there doing his thing. Well, unfortunately, the same can be said about some Christian parents out there. There are some Christian parents who believe that you're not to share your light with darkness, that you're not to encourage or support any kind of what they call sinful behavior or evilness. And some Christians are very hard on their children as well. I know that whenever I started becoming very skeptical after my grandmother died, my mother, she was very sick. She had a lot of problems. It wasn't just Christianity itself, but she would, from time to time, leave me at stores. Sometimes she would pull over on the side of the highway and make me walk all the way home, and sometimes I had to walk miles in order to be able to get home. And then finally, as I got older, she started basically wanting to put me out of the house because I questioned God, and I started becoming very skeptical. As many of you know, after my mother passed away, and uh, my daughter was born into this world, and I found out that my daughter was disabled, spending a great deal of time in children's hospital and seeing children die and get sick, I completely uh, did a deep dive into atheism, became an atheist for almost 20 years, ladies and gentlemen, before finally returning and settling back to my family's beliefs and views back into Christianity. And there's a lot of kids out there, unfortunately, um, that go through this kind of stuff with their Christian parents, where they find themselves questioning the world. When you're young and you're trying to figure yourself out, you're also trying to figure out what to believe and what to think. You're trying to find your own code or lifestyle that you want to go with. And besides having doubts or questioning the concept of God, there are some people who start questioning their own sexuality. Basically, they're asking themselves, am I gay? Am I homosexual? Am I bi? Where am I whenever it comes to this? And if you're born and raised in a Christian home and you have this um, curiosity about yourself where you want to try other things sexually, well, that's a no-no in Christianity. And that's one of the quickest ways to get yourself kicked out or disowned. And there has been sons and daughters who have experienced being cut off so badly from their parents and family that it could take years and sometimes never be able to have those relationships again. I can't tell you how many stories I've heard where kids have been abused by either their atheist parents or their Christian parents based upon their worldview and ideologies and, of course, other elements to the relationship. <clears throat> and then the next time they actually get to see their moms and dads is when their mother and father is 
in a casket and they're wheeling them out to the earth to bury them. And it gets a lot of people thinking a lot of dark thoughts when stuff like that happens. When someone has decided that they want to have nothing to do with you, they bring you into the world. And then because you're different than them, you're not a carbon copy, they decide to completely and utterly put you on your own. Some kids are able to grow up and became, become strong, and they become good fathers and mothers because they know what it's like to suffer. They know what it's like to be alone. Whenever I grew up and I decided to be a father, I remember thinking to myself, I'll never let my kids suffer like that. I'll never make it to where my kids feel as though they're alone or that they don't mean something or that they don't have value and worth. I knew what it felt like to be hurt. I knew what it felt like to be suffering. So I decided that whenever I become a father, I'm going to do the total opposite of what my parents did. Unfortunately, some kids are not that strong. Some kids end up killing themselves, or some kids grow up, and they end up becoming just like their parents always wanted. Strict, nasty, tough, mean, cruel, and sometimes the cycle continues, and the kids will continue hurting their own children whenever they become adults. All the while, while all of this is going on, <clears throat> Whether you grow up and become someone good, or you've learned from the evil that has happened in your life, or you go ahead and become part of the evil yourself, you become part of the problem. There's one thing that you never forget. You ask yourself questions like, if God is omnipresent and he's everywhere at all times, then where was he whenever my mother was beating me? Where was he whenever my father hit me? Where was he whenever a trusted member of the church decided to sexually abuse me? Where was God whenever I was out trying to figure out who I was and I thought someone loved me and then they just simply abused me, took advantage of me, or maybe even gave me a horrible disease that would eventually take my life in a couple of years? There's a lot of kids out there where, where they're trying to figure themselves out. They find someone they think they love. They sleep with them, and then they find out that that person was not, um, how shall I say, um, up to par. That they find out that the person was a liar, that they found out the person slept with many people, and now they have a terrible disease, and they're going to die from it, usually something like AIDS. People ask themselves, why? Why would God allow this? Why would God sit back and allow this kind of evil to happen? And I'm not exactly sure. I've heard a lot of different stories and a lot of ideas. Honestly, I can tell you this, and this is a fact. When you're abused and you're hurt and people do this to you, um, there's not really something called a healing process there. You'll hear people say, well... After years and years of therapy and after years of this and that, I got better and I was able to deal with it and all this. I think that it's a matter of simply surviving something. You don't exactly heal. You're always going to have the scars and the pain that people do to you, but you just deal with it. It's not that it goes away. I can't tell you how many nights, even now as an adult, where sometimes I go to sleep at night next to my beautiful wife. I could be have had been a great day, 
and still have a nightmare of what it was like being a child and going through some of the stuff that I went through. You never forget. It never goes away. It's going to haunt you all of your life. All you can do is try to put good memories into your life. All you can do is try to seek out positive experiences. As far as God goes, I wouldn't even know where to start on how to answer those kind of questions. There are some Christians out there that say, well, God sometimes allows these things to happen so we can learn from it because he's testing us. And I find those kind of explanations and arguments to be awful. So you're saying that God tested me by letting adults take their turns doing terrible things to me. So you're saying that God was testing me whenever I was walking down the highway in 110 degree heat practically with no drink and nothing to eat. This is God testing me. Why does God need to test me in the first place for? Doesn't God already know what I'll do? Doesn't he know I'll end up becoming an atheist for 20 years before coming back to Christianity? Doesn't he know that some people may go into their bathroom and slit their wrist or throw a fucking radio in the bathtub and electrocute themselves? Doesn't God know these things? Doesn't he realize that some people can break? Doesn't the Bible say he would never put too much on us that we couldn't handle? I can honestly say I've had a lot of things happen to me in my life that I could not handle, that almost broke me. Sometimes I actually felt like I was broke. Sometimes I felt like I was just a used toilet. The only thing I can say is whether you believe in God or not, is just simply be strong. Realize that you have worth and you have value to you. God may not explain to you why it's happening, and you may get a bunch of stupid explanations from some people, whether religious or non-believers. But you do have to remember this. There will be a day where you will no longer be a child anymore. You'll no longer be a teenager. You will become a young adult, and you will be able to be responsible for yourself you may not have all the support structures that you wish for. You may not have family members who are reasonable or rational or logical who want to be a part of your life when you fully deserve it. But life will be whatever you make it. At this point forward, now that you're not under the, the rind and destruction of a master who doesn't love you and respect you, you will, at some point in time, not feel like a slave or someone who is just there to be beat on over and over and over. There will be a time where you'll have your own car, you'll have your own home, you'll have your own roof over your head, and all the things that you accomplish there forward will be your accomplishments, and no one will be able to take it from you. No one will be able to take away the good that you've done in this world. Just continue to try and continue to work hard. Continue to try to be a good person and make the right choice no matter how difficult it may be. Even if you feel like you're going to lose a lot of things by doing the right thing, do it anyway. Because one day it will all make sense. At least the right choices and the bad choices you make.
I don't know why it is that a father or mother brings a child into the world does that. I don't know why it is that some people out there feel like they want to be irresponsible, bring children into the world, and then kill them through abortion or give full birth to them and then toss their little bodies into a dumpster. I don't understand why people are so sick and disgusting, and I don't know why God would bother creating a bunch of people like this who are evil to the core, who are terrible. I've often wondered, why doesn't God just strike everybody down? I've heard some Christians say, if God were to strike down everybody that's ever sinned or done something wrong, well, this would be a dead planet just floating through the abyss of space. Perhaps. Perhaps. I would be curious, though. I remember I used to have this favorite song I used to listen to, folks. It was by a band called Megadeth. And the song was called Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? And the lyrics said, If there's a new way, I'll be the first in line, but it better work this time. Peace Sells, But Who's Buying? If you're a person who's ever been abused or you're a person that's ever been hurt, you can go to the description in my videos. There's a phone number, there's an email. If you're looking for a friend or you're lonely, whether you're a woman or a man, if you're going through some kind of hell and you're not really sure what to do with your life, if you need somebody that will listen to you and not give you a bunch of stupid bullshit advice or magical words that make no damn sense, someone who's actually suffered as you have or at least have come close to it or maybe even experienced worse, you want to talk to someone who's really genuinely wanting to be your friend and who cares about you, I'll talk to you. And I'm not going to blast you with a bunch of dumb God nonsense, nor am I going to tell you anything about how great it would be to be a non-believer who has no intrinsic worth or value in his life. I just want to listen, and I will try to answer any questions that you have. And we will try to live and survive this world together, whether this world or God wants to make sense or not. If anyone would like to put your comments into the video and talk about how you may have made it through some of the pain and suffering in your life, maybe that one single comment that you put forth will be what someone needs to hear today. If you feel like God did something to help you through your suffering, feel free to post a video. Everybody could use some good out of fine. You never know, you might make a really nice video or say something really beautiful that moves Brett Keen, and not just those out there who are listening to this video. Feel free to post whatever you like, and I'll definitely read it. And I'll even give you a little heart to show that I actually read what you put. All right. God bless. We hope that you've been enjoying God TV Radio hosted by Brett Keane. When you get an opportunity, check out our public radio station. Check out our books, music, and art. You can also buy t-shirts if you would like to support us. If you don't want a t-shirt, you don't want books, you don't want music, well, you could always do a one-time donation through PayPal. Any support is appreciated. God bless. 
Okay, I want to share a brief exchange that took place a while back now between Peter Hitchens and Adam Rutherford. Adam is a British geneticist and Peter is the brother of the late Christopher Hitchens. Peter at one point was an atheist who became a Christian. In this short exchange, you're going to see or hear rather Peter absolutely decimate the pro-choice side. And I think you should agree from what you'll have to hear from Adam that the pro-choice side is utterly vacuous and deserving of the complete and utter spanking that Peter gives to it. Listen up. There's no circumstances. Could you just repeat that? There's no circumstances where abortion is acceptable. There's no circumstances in which I can see where abortion is preferable to adoption. So, for example, in the case where uh, a woman's, the, the mother's life was at risk or the child was going to be born with severe abnormalities, in those situations, acceptable or not? Well, I think mother's life being at risk is a difficult problem. I don't know whether you can give me any instances of, of it uh, where, where an abortion would be the only way of dealing with the problem. But I can't in, give any specific well, No, I, I, I'm, I'm not, not sure it's raised all the time, but I'm not quite sure what these, what these positions I, are. I, I mean, caesarean, uh, caesarean section is extremely easy these days. I don't know of, 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 any, of any circumstance. And, and, and the response to, to, to a baby being imperfect doesn't seem to me to be to kill it. Uh, we, we aren't, we're not entitled to do so, and that you wouldn't do it if, 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 if an imperfect child existed outside the womb. We all know. Uh, which regime it was that used to that used to massacre imperfect people uh, in, in, after they'd been born. I don't myself see a fundamental difference between killing someone because they're imperfect in the womb and killing someone because they're imperfect outside the womb. Maybe you do. I don't know what it is. Uh, well, let, so let me ask. Well, let, so let me ask you this question. You, you, I'm, I'm assuming that you believe that a person uh, that's at the point of conception when a sperm fertilizes an egg that becomes a person that is that seems to me to be the only sustainable view you you can't find i don't think science has been able to find any other point at which you can define the beginning of life uh, no, there isn't a consensus on no, the beginning of the human. It's, too, it's not possible. It's, it seems to me to be the point at which. It so, what, character, what characteristics of a, a single cell fertilized egg are, are human? Well, all of them, as far as I can see. What they are capable of communication. They're they're capable of uh, social interactions. They're capable of forming no, independent no, views. Those aren't. Those aren't. The, 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 that's not the characteristics of the human. This 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 will grow into a human being unless it is prevented from doing so by by violence. So, uh, so what about? So are you also opposed to things like in vitro fertilization? I'm confused about it, to be honest, and don't claim any expertise on it. I think I mean I I've, I have Roman Catholic friends who who constantly try and. Um, and, and persuade me to take stern positions on it. I, I don't because I don't know enough about it. Uh, but it does seem to me to be self-evident that killing unborn babies is wrong. And, I, and every opportunity I have to say it, I'll say it because it just seems to me to be so blindingly obvious and such a, an, an immense wickedness in our society that if I didn't say it, even if it disadvantaged me to say it, then I would be failing in my duty. I mean, you've, you've asked for clarification on Peter's position. I'd be interested in hearing your position here, Adam, because am I to take it from what you've been saying that you believe what science shows us about the cell, and indeed I think you've presented a whole programme on television about the cell, um, shows that we can have good reason for believing that life doesn't begin at this stage, that, that it is in effect then the progress we've made in the last 50 years that gives us good reason for believing that there isn't any damage being done when we abort a child. I don't know, the, the term currently in the UK is what? Um, 
the, the cut-off term is uh, 20, 20, 24, 24 weeks. weeks. Do, do you believe there's a sort of that's justified scientifically, that, that we can come to these conclusions, not because of a morality in a book, but because we've scientifically looked into this and decided well, two, this, is, this is the moral sure. sort of there's framework? Two, there's, there's two different questions uh, at stake here. The, the first is, at what point uh, does a fertilised egg become uh, a person? And there is, there is no scientific consensus on this. There is no scientific definition of what that could possibly be. You're slipping, the, though, from, from, from human to a person. You're trying to define the human not as, uh, not as a physically, objectively existing thing, but as a social being, which, of course, no one in a womb can be. So presumably you're not a person until the moment you're born by that definition, but you're still a human. Well, I mean, this kind of sophistry is what you get when people want to justify well, let, let me, for let their me, own convenience. An abortion is conducted almost invariably for, the, for answer, the convenience answer, of let, Let's just, allow Adam to, fin to, to finish there, yeah. But there, as I said, there isn't a scientific consensus on it. The, the reason we have uh, 24 weeks as the cut-off point, unless there are medical um, reasons to extend beyond that, is because there's no scientific evidence that uh, younger fetuses than, than 24 weeks have an increased survival rate. Listen, um, listen to the word fetus. It, it's, it's a fetus. It's a nice Latin word. It's dehumanised already. It's not, a, it's not a baby. It's a fetus. That's correct. It's, it's dehumanised so you can kill it. It's that's, not that's what, a baby. That's what, that's what killers always do. They dehumanise their victim before they kill it. It's a fetus a is not a baby, and there's, there's no possible way that you could, you could argue that a no, fetus right. is a baby. Right. Well, try, right. It's try extraordinary, me. isn't it, that the one thing, you can, you can show anything, you can show, any, you, can, you, can, you can show anything on British television, any kind of disemboweling, any, almost any kind of sexual activity, you can, you can play any, any, any word. They were using four-letter words on the Total Clock News on the BBC last night, but the one thing you cannot show on television is film of an abortion and what it involves, because it shows quite plainly that what is being destroyed is a human person. Well, that's also not true. Though that has been shown on TV, and I've worked with fetuses that, have, that? that have been aborted. Uh, I, I can't quote no, the specific documentaries, but they, they do exist. I have seen it on TV. Also, I have worked with not aborted fetuses. No, 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 no that's, that is incorrect. I don't have that reference Well, if, it, if, you, if you're going to maintain it's incorrect, you're going to have to tell me what it was. Well, I can't do it now, but I'll, okay. maybe I'll but, email it. Don't say it's incorrect. <laughs> Um, I have worked with aborted fetuses. I have um, during the course of my scientific studies, and I don't believe that the things that I have dealt with in the lab situation, which have come from abortions, are human beings. They look like them. They resemble them in, in physically, but they are not human beings. Good lord! I mean, this is concentration camp. Uh, the the, language, the isn't question it? is, though, I suppose they look like human what, beings, but what, they know they're not. They're Jews. What, I mean. I'm puzzled by that. that, that it's amazing. Why, why, they're not why human beings. No, they've, no, it's, 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 the, it's the oldest thing in the book. Isn't it? The, before you kill, you dehumanise. You say, they're not, they're not really. No, 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 I'm not, this, isn't, this, isn't, this isn't any kind of killing of a human being. It's something else. We declassify it. We give it another name. Give me strength. I, okay, you, you want to You're believe that, you believe it. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's the most perfect illustration of the, of, the, of the position in which the person who acknowledges no absolute law gets himself into. He can argue himself within ten minutes into the most appalling positions without even realising that they're appalling. I mean, I, I suppose that the, the point that is being made here, uh, Adam, is what gives you the moral authority to decide when a human life begins. What He's a scientist, that's what. Science doesn't inform my morality at all. The, the, that, the, the second question in, in this is, 
So there's the scientific point at which which we fail to agree on and science doesn't have a decent answer for, which is at what point does a fetus become a human? That's we, We've talked about that. And the second point is, is, is why I feel morally justified in supporting uh, abortion as, uh, in principle, which is to do, I believe, with the, the, uh, the mother's right to choose her own destiny. And to the extent that it is... That, that it is um, uh, an adult human is more important than an unborn, unsentient fetus... And I believe that is that is a moral absolute, um, and I, I I don't see how you could argue against that. You don't see how you could argue against it. That's well, how do that's how do a, the that's rights? Thing. I mean, I, I can I can see how you make your case. I can see exactly how you make it. I can I can see how you can arrive at your conclusion. I used to believe it. This this, this piffle, but but uh, you, and I can I perfectly well see how you arrive at it. You can't see how anyone can imagine that the, 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 the what you call a fetus might be human and that it might be wrong to kill it. Well, you I really can't see, see that it might be. You can't see that the woman's the woman's right to choose uh, d- doesn't d- doesn't somehow in, um, interfere with the unborn child's right to live. The unborn. If you're dealing with these right, or it doesn't have one, or is it, or is, it, or is, is that right so small? And, and what is this right to choose? On what grounds is it exercised exactly? Uh, what, what do you what do you have to prove these days uh, to establish that you can you can choose to, to, to kill this person who, in your view, isn't a human, and, and in my view, is, but might be. I'm not arguing that abortion should be available, fr- freely available to everyone as a means of contraception that you've asserted uh, uh, occurs. Okay, so occurred what limits in would you put upon it? I'm, I believe that education about uh, sex education is important in, in preventing the negative aspects of sex. Ever and since that- we had sex education, we've had more abortion. We've had more out of wedlock uh, and, and, and early pregnancy. We've had more sexually transmitted disease. Uh, I don't. I can't actually establish because the work hasn't been done that sex education leads to these things. But if its stated purpose is to reduce them, then it has failed abjectly ever since it began. That, okay. you know, it, it's 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 a, a mathematical connect, connection. In this country, sex education has been accompanied by an increase in all the things it claims to it claims to prevent and uh, and, and contain. Well, you, you assert that, and correlation well, and causation are not, are not the same. But but let, let let me let me ask you this then: in in place of sex education, which, att- which attempts to reduce the negative aspects of, of, of sex, such as unwanted pregnancies and STDs. What would you have in its place? I wouldn't have anything in its place. I don't think it's the business of schools to t- teach people how to put condoms on hockey sticks and bananas. I think it's, it, 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 they, the, the schools are not there for this purpose. I think sex education, I think is what George Lukács thought when he introduced it during the Hungarian uh, Bolshevik uh, uprising uh, was was always an attempt to debauch and demoralize uh, d- demoralize Christian societies. That's what its purpose is. But, it, but children are going to have sex. Teenagers are going to have they? sex. Yes. Are they? Yes. Are you sure? Uh, are, they, are, they, are they going to have sex un, under that, all circumstances? Sixteen-year-olds shouldn't I'm have saying, sex. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that people shouldn't have sex outside marriage. That's my belief. And so, how do you how do you in, engender that? So I, I don't believe there are any. By having a strong moral system, which 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 makes it plain that this is how people should behave. And you think that that will prevent teenagers from having sex with each other? You know, to a large extent, yes, it will. Not not uh, no 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 human system is infallible. The humans are, as as we know, or as I know, fallen creatures. So yes, there will be people who defy that morality. But you don't actually need to make much effort to study the, our own society's past to see just how, how, how much horror and dislike 
uh, were, were actually directed against adultery and against premarital and extramarital sex, and how our society was different. You may say uh, that it was worse uh, than it was, uh, and I may say that it was better, but there's absolutely no question that a, a, a strong morality generally accepted changes the behaviour of society and makes it different. And one of the things it makes different is the attitude towards children, who in, in, in our society are disposable in the womb and neglected and tossed aside in life. Uh,